I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast where we're all fucking fruits. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> the best way to be. <laughs> from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. Here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. We want to let you all know that we still have three early bird spots left for our trip to Croatia next September. You can get your spot at bit.ly slash Croatia. Make sure you sign up early because once we hit those 10 early bird slots, our pricing will go up by $100. So 
See you there. We also want to remind you that for our Patreon supporters, we have bonus episodes coming out this season. We just released our last one last week. So that was a little Christmas present for all of our Patreon supporters. It was on Chasing Amy. Ellie and I had many a thought about it. So if you want to catch that or any of our other bonus Patreon episodes, you can join our Patreon at bit.ly slash lespatreon. Also, I learned something else about Chasing Amy this weekly. Oh, God. So Carolyn Berger, who's the, one of the co-hosts of Dagging Out, reached out to me on Instagram and was like, hey, do you have you heard of the real-life story about Chasing Amy? And the real-life story is that Guinevere Turner, writer, I think, of American Psycho, is a big old lesbian. She also wrote the movie Go Fish, which we should definitely do for a Patreon episode. And one of Kevin Smith's director or producer friends had a huge crush on her. And he wrote the movie based on that. And let me tell you, what do you think happened in real no. life? What do you think happened in real life, Lee? Definitely not what happened in the movie. Definitely not what happened in the movie, which makes me happy because I'm like, yes, clear wish fulfillment. She ha- she wanted nothing to do with him. And she was like, yes, I'm a lesbian. So just a wow. little, just That's a little even background more information up. that I learned about Chasing Amy this week. If any of you want to listen to our Patreon episode, you can hear more about it, but... I was Thanks, floored by I that. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Also, we have a very exciting announcement. We've already made this announcement before, but we will be hosting our Should Have Been Gay live for episode 100, our 100th Should Have Been Gay episode on January 25th on Zoom at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. Keep an eye out for tickets for that event. We cannot wait to see you all there. In the Greater Les universe, we have a couple things that we want to talk about. The first is Willow, the reboot show that just got um, that just started on Disney Plus, which neither of us have watched yet, yet. But we hear there's some lesbian princesses. Did you ever see the original movie? I didn't. No, oh, I I haven't watched it in ye- like decades, like a long time. So cool! I am excited to check it out. It's on my list now. Yes, let's see some lesbian princesses. Also, I know the holiday season is is sort of over, but if you want to watch more gay Christmas movies or queer holiday movies, there's a bunch that are out right now. Merry and Gay, the newest one by Kristen Baker and Tello. Something from Tiffany's, which I believe is on Amazon and is like in the same vein as like those like what is that like a love actually kind of vibe where like there's different stories, stories happening yeah. at the same time and one of them is queer. The Christmas clapback and looking for her. So let us know if you've seen any of them, if you like them. Are there any more on our list, Lee? I think those are the main ones I've seen. Let us know if you've seen them. We're always down for some new lesbian holiday classics. Incredible. Also, we have to talk about this clip of Drew Barrymore and Aubrey Plaza that was out last week, maybe? I don't know. Did you see this? I haven't seen it. It's Walk this clip it. of Okay, it's this clip of Drew Barrymore um interviewing Aubrey Plaza and I don't man, I I let's be real, I did not watch the whole clip to get the context. All I know is that there's this one point where they're talking and Aubrey Plaza is like, Oh my god, like what I wouldn't give to have you as my mommy, like 
so great. And and Drew Barrymore is like, I would love to be your mommy. And then Aubrey Plaza is like, put me to bed. And she's like, I would for sure put you to bed. And like, they are having like this <laughs> super like wild, very suggestive conversation. She's like, she's like, I just want to like put my head on your bosoms and like get comforted by you. And Drew's like, yes, I would love to do that for you. And everyone else is just like, what? the fuck is happening right now it's live on air yes it's yeah so anyways that happened We're here for um it. and we cool. all got to see it so if you haven't seen it yet you should check it out i will definitely be watching that clip that's what's happening this week back to you ellie and lee thanks ellie and lee we are so excited to bring you episode 10 of season six make it burt so good and we are joined by a very special guest today. We have Lee Robinson. They are a transgender, queer, non-binary, butch, multiracial actor working in television, film, and theater. You might recognize Lee from TV series and films like Showtime's 20s or Chosen Fam, and you almost definitely know them as Uncle Bert in everyone's favorite new Amazon series, A League of Their Own. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Great intro. (laughs) We are so happy to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be with you all today. Thank you so much. (laughs) We were uh, talking before we started rolling. There's a lot of Lees, a lot of of L's, (laughs) a lot of E's. So we're going to try to... Hopefully you can tell who's who, listeners. (laughs) It's gonna it's be great. The Lee, it's the Lee takeover we've been waiting six seasons for. You know? Yes. <laughs> so excited. And we are. We are huge, huge fans of A League of Their Own. We are anxiously anticipating the season two renewal. Like, come on, let's go. We're putting the energy out into the universe. Listen, here's here's what I'll say. This because we're recording obviously a bit in advance. This episode comes out. This is actually, I think, our first uh, twenty twenty. Happy New Year, everyone! <laughs> this comes out in January. Yes. If it is twenty, if it is the year of our Lord twenty twenty three, and we haven't gotten that renewal announcement yet, we ride at dawn. Games. <laughs> we ride at dawn. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's I mean let's talk about it let's talk from the beginning I love asking this question anyone who's listening knows what I'm gonna say but <laughs> how did you get cast like how did you get your role on A League of Their Own let's hear your casting journey all right you know it feels like it was a long journey but it was just an, an amazing experience I was in the midst of shooting the second episode of 20s that I was in and my manager sent this uh, sent this to me. She was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna submit you for this. It's amazing." And I read over it, and I was like, "Oh, League of Their Own. Oh, I love that movie." And I'm not sure where I would <laughs> where I would fit into this storyline. You know, I was just kind of like really curious <laughs> about that. And but she was so excited, and I was really excited because I was really curious. And then once I saw the character Birdie and I read who Birdie was, I just fell in love immediately. It became the most important and powerful thing in the world to me in that moment, right? So started preparing for the role and getting ready and, and really, you know, doing that process, going through that process of preparing for Birdie. Sent in the audition, got the call back, and then that started the journey of chemistry tests and this read and that read. And then finally, when we found out that we got the role, it was just it, it was just meant to be. It felt like it was meant to be. It was amazing. It was incredible. It was exciting. It was terrifying. It was scary. 
And there was this feeling that I was about to be a part of something that was really big and important. You know, the telling of the story, the telling of these narratives that we didn't have a chance to to hear about or to see. You know, I remember thinking when I, with the original, you know, like the, when the black lady catches the ball and throws it back, I wondered, what is her life like? When she leaves this park, where is she going? What is she doing? And granted, the original, they told the story they could tell at the time. And we got to tell, we got to, you know, go a little bit deeper. So from the jump, before I even headed out there, you know, I knew it was just going to be something incredibly epic and something to really be proud of. Yeah. Did you anticipate the audience reaction? Because, I mean, we as members of the queer community, I... I know we go crazy for shows, but like there's another level, I think, for a league of their own. It's heavy. It's a high (laughs) level of queer excitement. It really is. I I don't know if I did or not, you know, I, but I knew, I knew it was really going to be really big, you know, just like being on set and just the care and intention that was going into everything, right? From the stories to the to the costumes, to the outfits, to the wardrobe, to all of it. There was so much intention behind it that I knew it was going to be impactful. I didn't realize, (laughs) (laughs) you know, how huge it would be, you know, but it was just, I was really grateful for the impact that it had. I mean, folks are just still talking about it, talking about the impact, having conversations that they probably wouldn't be having before watching this show. And it's just been so incredible to be part of it. So I think I kind of thought it would be impactful, but I had no idea. Yeah. No yeah. Idea. Well, cause it's, it's so, I feel like a lot of like we did, so we have another segment that we do every other week on the show. So like we switch between like kind of episodes like this, just sort of like topic talking, you know, and the other type of episode that we do every other week is uh, a series that we call should have been gay. And we talk about like movies, TV shows, that should have been gay, were secretly gay, would be better if they were gay. Um, and obviously, I mean, we did a league of their own first season. We've done it. Like, <laughs> we did. A, we early... did the movie. It was like probably our fifth should have been gay. Like yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Early. Like, wow. early, early on. I mean, so because I feel like it is such a, an iconic yeah. piece of cinematic history for queer people you know like I think queer people have always seen themselves in this story and known known that we were in that story you know realistically and so I think getting to getting to see that re-explored in a way that like I think goes so far beyond so many of our wildest dreams like I don't if you had asked like Ellie and I do a lot of of queer media discussions analysis viewing you know like if you had asked us as like queer viewers to like imagine how gay you could make a show (laughs) I I would not have gone this far I don't think we would have gone this far that's what's amazing about it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think we would have been like, you'll never get that on television. Yeah, like, like, dial it's it too far. Dial too far. it back, folks. <laughs> dial it back, you know? It's just, it's so, so gay. It's so amazingly, beautifully gay. And it tells so many stories that, like, we've never gotten to see, yeah. Yeah. you know? And, like, and I think that's why, like, I'm, well, I mean, obviously we're going to dive into it, but, like, I think that's why Bert as a character is so important to so many queer people is, like, that's not a story we 
have ever gotten to see. That's not a story that gets told. That's not like, and so that being just one of the queer stories in this show, you're just like, ugh, chef's kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I, I am blown away, you know. I, it's hard for me to watch myself on television a lot of times. So, but when it premiered, I was like, I don't, I'm just going to watch, I'm going to watch it all the way through. We had an opportunity to watch some of it before it was screened, before it premiered, but I kind of wanted to wait for it to come out first. And I was moved by so many of those stories. Look, I was a student athlete. I was uh, playing women's basketball back in the day. And I know the angst of having a crush on someone, on a, t- a teammate. And for me, I was terrified that I was going to be rooming with them on one of the trips. You know, that was scary for me. For others, it may have been exciting. But all the way down to like the tension on the field, you know, like the tension between that love affair, you know, to Birdie, this person who is like this community member who is navigating being a Black person during this time, right? That need to be in community, but also not quite fitting into that community that you're trying so hard to for survival to be a part of, you know? So it was just, you're right. It was just on so many levels. There's so many things to relate to and, and so many things to connect to, you know? Yeah. I would love to talk about that like chosen family piece of yes. this because I also feel like there were so many ways that Birdie's story could have been told, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like in ways, Leah and I talk about this a lot of like, majority of our queer stories have horrific endings very painful right and there's a lot of pain to Verdi's story of course there's a lot of pain there's a lot of pain but we also get to see the community the joy Verdi has a loving partner like there's a lot of really positive things pride (laughs) in Verdi's life as well so I don't know I don't know I'm like I don't know the question but I would love to hear you just talk about that that dynamic of the pain Absolutely. but also the joy in Bertie's character yeah that and that's that's really that's a huge piece of it right and we talked about that the writers and the creators we talked about the fact that we're going to be talking about some hard stuff there's going to be pain there's going to be tragic stuff we're going to see in here and we also have to talk about joy you know because you're right there are so many we've seen so much of the pain you know and it's an important part of history and it's an important part of this story and it's really important to also see the joy and to also see the love, the care, the compassion, the connections, the way that, you know, Bertie was living their life, you know? So I think that the writers did a really amazing job at creating Bertie and Bertie's narratives. It was a super collaborative effort. You know, it's I've been a part of a lot of different um, projects where you know, sometimes, you know, you're asked, what do you think this character? And sometimes you aren't. And with Birdie, that was always, uh, you know, a collaborative effort. Someone was saying to me something about, you know, you could really see the pain. You could see the joy and the compassion. And and what was that like preparing Birdie? And, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a stretch as a black, you know, trans identified non-binary person you know, moving through this world, there's a lot of times where there's joy. There's a lot of times where there's fear. There's a lot of time where there's harm. There's a lot of different things that, you know, it's not the 1940s. It's not the same time, you know, but it's, it's, it's relatable. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, as I was preparing for, you know, Birdie, I also thought about 
some of the people in my youth that were folks that they were different, right? I remember like seeing black people who were like non-binary, butch, masculine, and how they were treated. And that was always something, a signifier to me of, well, I don't want to be treated like that, but there's some familiarity. There's some family there for me. You know, I always recognized those people. So there was just, you know, like a lot of pulling from my own personal experiences, pulling from readings that, you know, about that, you know, that existence back in that time, what that was like, and just the words on the script and just the relationships, right? I mean, Max, <laughs> the relationship with Birdie and Max, you know, moments of having compassion while navigating harm and hurt, you know, wanting someone to do something a certain way as being a part of their life and they're a part of your life, but also respecting that, hey, they're going to have their life and they're going to figure out how to, to navigate these things. It was all really very real. You know, sometimes we say, hey, we're working the scene together. It wasn't a scene we were working together. We were like having an experience together, right? We were having this situation that was happening and we were showing up together to the situation. So the the, the character of Birdie, the capacity for pain and joy and love and compassion was just all there and it was just like a beautiful beautiful role to step into and be able to kind of breathe life into those things you know i just get yeah, i'm talking about it i know i'm on i'm honestly like on the edge of tears this entire episode so <laughs> i'm doing my best we can start placing bets now on how many times ellie will cry in this i'm doing my best but i think it is another part of like you're talking about that relationship with with like bert and max and I mean, there's so many things about Bert as a character that we, like, don't get to see explored very often. And, like, just they, them, like, how they are as a character in a general sense, like, on its own, yes. But then there's also, like, that there was some so much that I realized because I, I just finished rewatching the show because I was writing trivia questions. And so there was so much that I, like, also was, like, focusing on when I was rewatching it this last time about the joy of getting to see even in a story set in the 1940s that experience of like the elders like the queer mm-hmm. elders who are there to be like okay you stupid baby gays <laughs> like <laughs> let's learn <laughs> let's learn how to get our shit together you know and it's like here's yeah. what we're doing you know and and because it happens in so many different ways it's like sure you have like Greta and Joe who are there with like here are the rules we follow the rules so we don't get in trouble like you know the the way that you see like Jess and Lupe getting to like initiate Carson into like a gay bar and being like, you don't know what a butch is like, oh, Carson, grab a beer, look around, let's sit down. (laughs) And and then the way that you get to see Bert kind of like model this ability to just live your life and this pride in yourself as a person and who you've become and who you've worked to become. And like, and they're all real and they're all like just different types of like those mentors and elders and like you know just different types of relationships that you find in queer community and like and again it's just I I mean I'm the same way it's like you talk about just seeing them all in one show and I'm like oh wow (laughs) right (laughs) yeah oh wow like what a gift that is to like see all of these types of interactions playing out and all of these different relationships and all of these like just ah just so many things that you're like wow that's just incredible it's incredible yeah yeah i mean where else have we seen you know like 
I, I could rack, rack, rack all my brain and try to think of another time that I've seen something on television that made me feel the way a league of their own made me feel. But I will not go there. I will just say, <laughs> I, I will there's just say, there's not a lot. There's yeah. not a lot of examples. Yeah, yeah. right. I will I mean, just say, is. yeah, yeah. There's just more. There, are, there, there were so many of those just in both of the parallel lives, you know, like Rosie's character, who I wonder if they ever like what would happen if if, if Uncle Bert and those those two met mm-hmm. and had a conversation, you know, what would that look like? You know, oh, so- my God, they would be I'm just picturing <laughs> a scene with like the two of them sitting in their suits with like a whiskey, just whiskey yes. in their hands, a cigar you know, they've got the wives like inside, like having a pie or something, you know, yep, just they yep. they the stories that yes. those two could tell to each other, I imagine, would yeah. be amazing. It would be Give us that series. Spin yeah. off. Spin off. Yeah. Oh, wow. They run the bar together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> night yes. after night. Right? The shenanigans, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the stories, though, the compa- not the comparisons, but just talking about their lives, their lives probably looked very different, but looked very similar, you know, like, and, and that's just, you know, that's one of like that one scene where, you know, Bertie is having, Bertie and Gracie are having the house party, you know, they're kind of, like you said, the elders who are holding this, this court and holding this space and having this, this low key underground party with a juxtaposition of what's happening at that bar and, and the raid. And it's just that, that episode is like, what a fucking masterclass in like just episodic like TV crafting, you know? Like it is a roller coaster. Just just so many things that happen, so many moments. Like the the yeah the contrast between those two things. Like like watching Carson and Max both kind of like getting to exist in these spaces and like just ugh, ugh, it's a lot. It it's is a lot. lot. It is a lot. You know, my mother, my mom and dad watched and and they were so excited. And that's one of the things they live in Kentucky. That's where I grew up. And that's one of the things that I've always wanted was for them to see, you know, see me in this type of role on television and be able to like watch it and like experience it. But they were just so blown away by that scene, you know, in this way of like they folks know these things happened. But until you have a chance to see it happening with the craft that it was happening, you know, mm-hmm. in this show was just breathtaking. And my mom was just, my mom and I were just talking about that scene, you know, and how they both ran into the theater and sat down and they were so breathless and so afraid. And, you know, one held the hand and pulled away, like all these things that were happening in that moment. It was just, that was something that really impacted my mom and dad. And I was yeah. just well, like, wow. and And as we're talking about like other like other queer elder roles, you know, is like, I just, there's something about that scene with like, with Vi, who's Rosie's character, like just like the, the holding the door. It's like when they're both holding the door and yelling to like everyone else being like, get out, you know? And it's just like, again, it's like that thing of like, well, okay, here we go. Like we're up first, (laughs) you know, it's like, we're here. Like we're the, the buffer to try to protect the rest of you. And it's like, and that sense of responsibility to your community that it's like, yeah, like it is, there's so many things when I think about that show where it's like, it's hard because I'm like straight people need to watch this show. Like just have to, I mean, it is so, 
it's so meaningful and it's so educational and it's so like there's so much that happens in it that's so important for for straight people to see but there's also so much stuff that i'm like ah but i want you to like know all the stuff that i know you're missing you know like all the little we won't quite get it yeah (laughs) like we do Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i'm like there's just there's so many things that you're like not even seeing because it's it's written in a way where it's like very written to queer people, right. you know, right. like right, not in a way that that pushes straight viewers away, I think, but just in a way where it's like, you know, it's like when you watch like what were we just talking about, Ellie? like when you watch like Spongebob, you know, and you're like, sure, it's a kid's show. But it's like there are jokes in there that are not <laughs> I'm like, for how are we going? I'm like, how are we going with this? Yes, right. like, Spongebob and a League of Their Own. <laughs> Spongebob exact and a League of Their same Own. Same correlation. <laughs> no, but, it's, but any, like, you know, I, I have young children right now. And so I spend a lot of time watching like kids shows, too. And it's like you can tell sometimes where you're like, you just snuck in a joke for the parents because, you know, we're stuck here. You, you know? know, we're stuck here. Yeah. It's like the kids aren't going to find this quite as funny as like we find this line funny. Like there's always stuff like that in in a league of their own. It's mm-hmm. that but but for gay people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say also, yeah, that's what's really special about it, right? It's like like as we were as this was happening, right? As this was rolling out, I was hopeful that it would encourage people to talk about things, right? To talk about things that maybe they haven't talked about, to see something that made them curious you know, to see something that may not be their experience, right? Because we don't always have the same experiences, but if we can see someone's experience, make a connection and relation, then that creates compassion, you know, and a great starting point to have conversations and to look at our parts and try to make connections. So I was very hopeful that that would happen. And something else that happened though, too, is you're right, it was also for the queer community in a way that was so impactful, I didn't realize how much folks needed to see this right now, right? How much folks needed to see the birdies, needed to see the Carsons, the Maxines, the the Gretas. They needed to see Clance. They needed to see all of these relationships that were happening. And I don't think I realized that until it came out. Folks were just like, I never thought I'd see Birdie. I never thought Mm -hmm. I'd see this person. Mm -hmm. I never thought I'd see this story, this narrative. And I hoped that would happen but i was just blown away you know with how incredibly impactful it was so i think you're right it was for like here's some here are some experiences that you may not have <laughs> that you yeah. may not know about and hopefully you may learn something from it and also here's something for the queers for lack of a better way to put it mm-hmm. and guess what within our community you all know this we're all different too so there are probably things that someone saw who's a part of this community that they never even knew happened right never knew existed or was a thing and got to like really like wow exactly well and that's why i feel like having a show that has every single like most of the characters are queer majority right but means that you're telling so many different kinds of queer stories right where we can relate to people but we can also see completely different perspectives yeah like and it is. It's like it's such, oh, just such a beautiful show. It's listen, listen. This is why I picked <laughs> the starting of "We're All Fucking Fruits" because they, because it is everyone in the show. Everyone right. in the show is so gay, and it's so like you get to do so many things when you have that much representation. 
in your show. Oh, I forgot to say too. I wore my I wore my hey. shirt today. Oh I wore my, my god! Oh, Wait, so. You can't even see the bottom. The bottom says "All right, fruits," and it's my favorite part of the shirt. <laughs> but it's but it's just because, like, I, you know, I'm I'm thinking of like Ellie and I did an episode recently where we had Dot Marie Jones on, and we were talking about like some of her time on Glee, like back when she played Coach Beast on Glee. And one of the things that came up was that. When Coach Beast, like, I don't know if you remember or, like, watched towards the later seasons of Glee, but one of the things they did really later on in the show is Coach, Coach Beast transitioned. Um, and, and Dot was talking about how, like, that was a really tough storyline because she was like she was I she was like I felt so honored to get to tell this story because again like there's not a lot of trans representation on TV that was really important it was like really you know important to her to like get it right and then but she was like then there was this other question of like is this going to like hurt or disappoint like the queer women who have been watching me in this role or just like the strong powerful straight women who are like built like a diesel truck and you know like can arm wrestle you to the ground like are they going to be hurt by this storyline like are you Mm. doing a disservice and we were talking about how it's like that's always hard hard, when you don't have enough representation that you have multiple people to tell all of these different stories and you kind of end up like shoehorning like one <laughs> one character into telling like Everything. four different stories yeah. yeah you know and so it's like it's one of the things that i just think is so cool when you get a show like this where you're just like yeah you can have your pinup femme gay and your farm girl gay and your butch gays and your other butch gays and your like transitioning somewhere in their gays and your I'm not sure where I belong gays and your brand new gays and your established gays and like and you can start to like layer (laughs) all of these (laughs) so So many gays gays. (laughs) (laughs) but like but that's what I'm saying is like you start not enough time for all these gays (laughs) right exactly give us more gays is what we're saying like but it is it's just like you start getting to really explore all of the different identities and the different intersection of those identities in all of these different characters you know because it's like yeah like you have Jess is a butch lesbian and Lupe is kind of a butch lesbian but like their lives were not the same like they did not have the same experience and their experience was certainly not the same as Bertie's experience. And Bertie's experience is not the same as Max's experience. And like Max slowly getting to realize that, that it's like, I don't have to be the same as, as another gay person that I see, you know, like the one other gay person I happen to know about doesn't have to be me or the 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 thing that the one other gay person that I make out with wants me to be right, right. <laughs> doesn't have to be my identity and like that sure like there's a lot of things that have changed for gay people between the 1940s and today but like that's still true like we still hear from listeners now who will write us stuff being like hey I'm dating this girl like we're both in high school they're the only other gay person at my school but like I don't know if we actually are a good fit together (laughs) you know like and you're like yeah because you don't have to be like you don't have to be exactly exactly (laughs) it might not be and like that's okay like maybe you're not the same people and maybe like what you each want in a partner isn't what they are or what you are like and it's like those things 
still true. Still true. Still, <laughs> still true. true today. Yeah, you know? I love that because you're absolutely right. There were ways. Some of the things I loved about A League of Their Own was, you know, highlighting those, you know, campaigns to make them more feminine. Or, oh, you yeah. know, when the guy's like, look at her calves. <laughs> like, <laughs> there was uh, there was so much pressure. That's a real thing, right? To be more feminine, to be these things. You're absolutely right. There were so many different ways that gender identity was playing out, you know, in those situations. And and also like Max figuring out, you know, who she was. You know, one partner wanted her to be more like this, but that's not who she was and her being able to figure out who she was. And I love that story you shared about, you know, the other guests, you know, you know, like thinking about what type of pushback is going to happen, you know, for this character who's now moving into this other place. And the beauty is, is his identity is so fluid, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've used she, her pronouns, believe it or not. I've used they, them pronouns. I've used he, him pronouns. Now I use they, them pronouns right now. That's where I feel in my body. And I try to tell folks, you know, it's fluid. Yeah. You know, and if you are like they, them right now, and then like next year you're thinking, I don't know, I feel more like that's okay. Guess what? There's a lot of fluidity here that's happening. And And that's okay. And that's okay. Like, and that's why I love, like, Birdie as a character, because I could imagine, like, if you, if you, like, dream create this show where Birdie is, like, the only character that you get out of the bunch, (laughs) you know, I could, I could see, (laughs) just a solo show, Um, I could totally see, like, if you transplanted Bert as a character into another show, that it's, like, I could see there being people within the queer community who would be like, I thought we were getting like a strong butch lesbian character, Absolutely. but now he's wearing a suit and his wife's using he, him pronouns. And like, now I'm disappointed because I thought I was being represented and I'm not. And it's just like, no, yeah. I don't, I've never heard anybody get upset about a character in this show being something different than they wanted them to be. Yeah. Because it's like it's like a gay charcuterie board. There's like exactly. something for everyone. <laughs> it really is. It's like a gay buffet. You yes. Know? You I mean, totally do you right. do you feel like because of that though? Like, I mean, I think as a viewer, the characters are so much more nuanced. But like, how do you mm. feel like that affects you as an actor in this? You can shop from anywhere, doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do you mean like in this show or? Yeah, just, I don't know. Like, have you been, I don't know. If, have you been in any roles in the past that felt like you were like a bit more pigeonholed? Whereas, oh, like, this role feels more expansive. Like, did you ever feel like you had to be, like, the representation? Because you were the representation on the show. No, that's a really great question. I've I've been in different types of roles. Um, I'll try to answer this question. I've been in different types of roles. Birdie was very close to who I am in the world, right? Um, Reverend, um, Reverend Ty Harmon was also, you know, from uh, 20s. And that was just like a black non-binary reverend uh, in the black church who, you know, was kind of counseling or guiding a couple through preparing for marriage. And one of the partners was questioning their sexuality. You know, so those things came and come very natural to me. I think that there can be a lot of pressure sometimes for actors to, you know, carry a torch and only carry that torch. Right. So someone may ask me, hey, Leah, would you, hey, Lee, would you play this role? Would you play that role? Would you play this role? And in different times in my life, you know, the answer may have looked very different, you know, a couple of years ago than it looks now, than it looks a couple of years from now. You know what I'm saying? So I think that to have this show that has so much representation of so many different types of people, relationships, situations, joys, traumas, and pains is incredible. And we always, as an actor, I always hope that I can play a role that's close to who I am in the world, but I'm also an actor. So <laughs> sometimes I get to step outside of that and play other roles. But I think that there are stories that are being told. It's important for those stories to be told. More of those stories are being told now than ever. And, you know, I hope I have an opportunity to continue to be in those roles, but I'm also very open to, you know, other roles you know, that may be a little more of a stretch, you know, because there's a thing about visibility, right? There's visibility in the narratives that are being told, right? Visibility of like trans, non-binary, queer, gay, lesbian couples, or not couples, but people just in stories. But there's also a visibility of me being able to play a role of a cop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And there's there's nothing about, you know, my gender identity, my pronouns, I'm in the world, I'm just this cop and that might be a part of my story or a judge or a parent or whatever. So I feel like there are two sides to this charge of being more visible and being more inclusive. Um, And I think that it's just important to, you know, be with intention around telling those stories, making sure that the folks who are experiencing or have some experience are either in those roles telling those stories or at that table, (laughs) you know, writing those stories or, you know, writing or giving some sort of input and insight. Uh, But I just hope that it's just, you know, more visibility, you know, that's happening in the world right now. I'm not, or in the industry, I'm not sure if I answered your question, but I've been thinking about this a lot. You know, like what roles will you play? What roles, you know, you know, I'm in no position to be selective or to be, (laughs) but I am and I have to be, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I think you do bring up a a good point that we have talked about before, which is like there is 
a huge place in my heart for shows like A League of Their Own, which are like, we are really going to dive into identity because it's important, right? But but there's a lot of other things that are important about these characters besides their identity. But their identity is central to the story, right? Right, right. And then, like, a few weeks ago, we talked to Juliana Joel, who, who is the first transgender actor on the Disney Channel. So she is playing a role on Raven's Home where her storyline is not about her being transgender. Right. She's a character who is transgender, right? Like, but it's all her character is the important part and the identity is secondary. And there is a debate. Like she was Mm -hmm. saying she got she was getting some pushback like, oh, well, it should be more about her being transgender. Mm -hmm. And she's like, actually, Mm -hmm. it's actually great that like people know I'm transgender in this. Like it's not. She's not in the closet in this, right. in the show. Right. But her storyline isn't about her grappling with her identity. Yeah. And as we get more of these stories, there's room for both. There's room which, for both. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was always it was also really interesting because it was like her character had like a three episode arc and they didn't address the fact that that she was trans like whether the character was transgender or the fact that the actress was transgender in any way at all in that first three episode arc and then brought her back on for some more episodes and kind of had her character come out you know casually as trans in in one of the other episodes and then all of a sudden you got this pushback from all the conservative parents and stuff and you and we were like yeah it's so funny because it's like the character has like, been trans for three episodes has been trans right. like they were trans before you just didn't care <laughs> you know right. it wasn't yeah. a right. big thing because it wasn't a big thing so yeah i mean i think we totally get what you're saying that it's like it's great to see both you know like it's and it's important right now you know i mean it's great to see both both can be seen we can exist in a way that we're doing both and all right and there are places where trans people are there are ways that trans people are really under attack right now right mm-hmm. um, yeah like direct clear ways yes yes <laughs> it's not yes. you don't have to look too hard to find right. them either like right, they're pretty right, uh, right. they're pretty blatant and in your it face it's pretty blatant yeah. yeah and it's like it's it's like there have been you know like violence there's been violence against trans people for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, trans women specifically, especially, you know, and now there's also this, you know, fear around, you know, like some sort of trans agenda and children. And and it's, and it's just so it's just really intense in a way that it's all important right now. It's important to have your your Uncle Bertie, <laughs> who is like within this context of this is what it is. This is who the identity is a huge part of what's going on. And it's also important to have you know, like trans actors just in roles that may not necessarily be about their identity, but they're in this role. And And I hate to say, um, I think visibility is important. And I hate to say normalizing. I hate to say that. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I almost, I don't want to say that. There was, a, there was something that happened a couple of years ago. And it was this trans woman, this black trans woman was like beaten up in this space, right? And like a mob of people and people were just standing around watching it happen and nobody helped. Right. And afterwards there were some people who were talking, you know, like interviewing, they were like, well, I don't know who this person is. I've never seen anything like this before. And I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was A, B and C, you know, and I have as a trans black person in my small town communities, people see me, they know me, they've seen like 
the show, there's like, there's a way that we need to see each other, right? That we're not seeing each other. We're not able to see someone's life and make a connection, right? I I feel like normalizing isn't the word you're looking for. It's humanizing. Right, humanizing. Humanizing. So maybe we'll cut that part, okay? Okay, (laughs) No, but you did say you don't want to use the word. Yeah, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. I agree, yeah. Yeah, it's not because we shouldn't have to do that, right? Because what is normal, quote unquote? What is normal, you know? I had this when I was in the show 20s, Lena Waits 20s, um, and it was on BET um, and it's you can, it's on Amazon and I think Showtime's too. But there was something that happened with this character. It was like I had people write me, you know, like message me saying, I have never seen anything like this before. As a black person in the black church, I've never seen this before. And it's really scary. And I needed to see it. It needed to be talked about. This needs to be talked about because this conversation isn't happening, you know, in this context. And it was just so powerful. It was like in people's living rooms, like, oh my God, <laughs> what's happening? What's going on? Let's talk about it. Right. And I think that that type of visibility was really important because I had one person write and say, I felt so seen. I don't feel seen, you know, in this situation. And I felt so seen. And that was so important to see that. Right. So I just think that there is a way that visibility can have a positive impact on that, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, we always talk about it as, as we say it, like it's a cliche to be like, hashtag representation matters, but like, (laughs) it so does. It It just so does, you know? And it's like, it's. And it's so like this. I I'm gonna go on like such a tangent, and and Ellie, you can cut this out. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll figure it. But, but it's both. just it's no. like it, it's it's just like it's super relevant for us right now too, because it's like our uh, our oldest, our four year old, has been really struggling with like talking around like talking around like new people or strangers or like or like in school like with her teachers and stuff like that, and so we. I like ordered some books off of Amazon to like, you know, try to find some books that would help us like, hey, like here are some things that we can like try to talk about and whatever. And we like, and I bought her this little book and it's called Lola's Words Disappeared. And it's all about this girl who gets really shy when she goes to school. And and our little four-year-old was like, just so excited she like wanted to bring it in the car right away when we had to drive somewhere that day she she packed it we didn't even see her do it she packed it herself in her backpack to bring it to school and like walked into school the next day and like brought it right out to like show her teacher like still not talking to her teacher but like brought it right out to like show it to her and and because her teacher messaged us and was like oh my god thanks for sending this book with her and we were like we didn't (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> she apparently brought it herself like we didn't even know she had it like and so and I think that it's like it's that same idea of it was just like here was a book that made her feel seen and I'm like you're watching a four-year-old just like just this simple concept of being like look this is me like this represents me and I want you to see and understand me and it's like we can understand it with that you know and it's yeah. like why is it any different when you see queer people being like, oh, my God, like a show that makes just so many different people feel seen? Like, yeah, of course it matters. It matters a huge deal to us. Like there is always this little piece of us that is like, yeah, I just want to see something where I'm like, oh, hey, right. that's me. <laughs> yeah. I'm up there, you know, like it just makes such 
such a big difference. And particularly for League of Their Own, I also feel like it's like, here's me and here's my friends. Yes. Right. Right? Like legitimately where (laughs) you're just like, okay, I can find myself there and I can find a bunch of people that I know. Right. And right. it feels even that friendship so with Clance. familiar. Yeah. 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 Like that friendship with Clance too. It's like it does feel so familiar. And oh my just, God. I Clance is my comfort character. I love <laughs> I love Clance That's so just, fucking much. I just love every time those two are together, it's just like I've just was just starstruck, you know, starstruck yeah. and just in awe. But do you all remember when the um Ariel, the black little black mermaid, little mermaid was black? And yes. All the pushback, first of all, the pushback that was happening, but I chose to look at the joy that was happening, right? All those videos of little black girls, like little, seeing just, uh, it was just, a, and I wanted to see some little black boys and non binary children as well being oh, happy I did. about did you that. Not? Oh, I, I didn't. I, I spent too much to time on, on parenting TikTok. I saw a lot. And, and again, and same thing, it was just the thing that killed me every time was not just the look on their face, but especially because with the kids, it was the look on their face and their immediate looking to their moms to be like, is this real? Like, this is us? Like, I, the one that I know just killed me is it was this little girl and she was like, she's like us? Like, she looks like us? And I was just like, oh. Yes. Cue the waterworks. Yes. So it matters. Ellie got got tissues nearby. Come on. That was really got me. It really matters, y'all. It matters. It does. But I think you're totally right, Ellie. Like that family piece of it and that's like it it's still I think one of my favorite throwaway lines that like again it's just it's like it's a line that I think resonates so much with queer people that Birdie says is I think it's when he comes to drop off the suit. Right. And he's just he is like feeling himself. He's here. Right. He's got the suit. He's, <laughs> he's got good. his little hat on. And, <laughs> and yeah. And like and he just makes some comment like inviting Max to the party. And he's like, you know, I want you to come meet the family, like do this. And you're just like, yeah, because this is he is so proud. You know, he's like so proud to be like, look, I'm like dropping off this like yeah. absolutely fire suit I made for you yeah. I want you to yeah. come meet my friends and my meet family my and like welcome it's like come on welcome. yeah meet yeah. the family and I'm like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to come meet the family like, <laughs> can we all come we, to the can party we all come? Yeah. let's all come <laughs> I mean that that house party I mean both of those right they're set in a different time period but they both right feel very reminiscent of like one of my first experiences at a gay bar or like the first time you went to a house party that was like all queer people and you're like what is happening here like this is amazing yeah yeah that was one of my favorite scenes it was the one of the longest days it was a very long day with that scene but to seeing all of those queer characters in one space and just you know coming together for this this party like this time to celebrate each other and ourselves and to be who we are. And it was an underground part. You know, it was like, it was, you know, it was like, you know, secret. And that made it even more exciting and scary and all of those things. But to be in that space, recreating that type of party was just, that's one of my favorite scenes, actually. It, yeah. it is secret, but it's also like, I love... I love the comparison because you hear so much from Clance, right? Like Clance has the whole housewarming and she's like, mm-hmm, this is where mm-hmm. you, you know, like you get introduced like to the community and it's like, 
this is like so much hinges on this and about being like, hey, look at us. Like, here we are. Here's our home. Welcome. Like, here's our life together. And like, we can do all of this. And it's like they, they don't explicitly mention the parallels in that scene in the party, but it's like it's there, right? Like, there's no way that you're not watching. Uh, it might not be their first housewarming introduction right. to the community, but like, but I think that's they're doing that for Max, right? Like, they're 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 representing that step for for like what Max is doing in that night, you know, of being like, yeah, this is a big thing. Like, it is a big thing for our family and our community to like get to come to our home and be ourselves and. Yeah. And show each other who we are all, really, you know, like, and yeah, I mean, it's like, it is a huge deal. Like, that is a huge deal. It's a big deal to get to be in community together and to get to, like, just be your real authentic selves in a place where you all feel safe, where you're all together. Like, that's huge. Like, that's why the housewarming is important. That's what that's what this is, you know? There's something that I want to talk about really quickly with what you were saying, Lee, which like is is like masking that we mm-hmm. do as a queer community. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm curious to hear from you because I feel like we most often see Birdie mm-hmm. not masking as much, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's also very powerful for people to see a character who is like even to the to the detriment of his own family like he's not even going to be he's like if my family doesn't want to see me for who I am like I'm not going to be with them right like I will not put on a face put on a mask for anyone else like I'm just curious like do you think Bertie masks anywhere in his life or it's like this is it this is me I think that it depends because you're absolutely right. Birdie walks with pride and look at this suit. I made this suit myself. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. Birdie's at the bowling alley. Like, hey, here's a doll. You know, Birdie is just everything, right? Um, Birdie, I think that Birdie, you know, Tony and Birdie, you know, Birdie's sister. I mean, Birdie left home, you know, a long time ago to figure it out. And I think that in Birdie's, I think for Birdie, it's like, Birdie's been through a lot and Birdie has chosen to walk in this life, right? So it's more important for Birdie to, here I am, right? I'm walking in this life. It's dangerous. It's scary. You know, some days I have to mask to protect myself. But for the most part, I am here. I've got Max watching me, Max trying to figure out who to be and how to be in this world. It's my responsibility to walk in this world how I was, you know, like, in my heart, right? So I feel like Birdie is just like, I think that there are times where Birdie masks to protect Birdie's self, but I also think Birdie's far past that. Birdie is like, hey, I'm here. This is what it is. I'm on a motorcycle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've got a hat for every suit. If you don't like it, stand down. You know what I'm saying? Birdie, I'm not a lady in my Birdie's life. Birdie's doing a different kind of masking, you're saying, of like strong yeah, yeah, masks. Birdie is like, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. Birdie is like, and I think that Birdie's had a hard go at it, you know, but I think that Birdie has, you know, I think that we all get to a place where it's like, I'm going to walk in this world and it, it might not receive me very well. It might be hard. It might be scary. I might get hurt, but there's going to be joy and, and all these things. And it is what it is. And I get to do that, you know? So I think that it's a great question. 
I think that it's probably, you know, both. But mostly yeah. Birdie is with a lot of pride. And that doesn't mean that Birdie doesn't, you know, like hurt. And Birdie doesn't, Birdie's not afraid. How could Birdie not be afraid during that time? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and walking, you know, in Birdie's life. But Birdie has decided that, you know, Birdie's a pillar for this community. Birdie's going to have this party and, you know, make sure everybody is safe and has a great time and can let it down, let it go and enjoy mm-hmm. themselves and celebrate each other and themselves and be that for the community, you know? So I think that Birdie carries a lot, but I definitely think Birdie is like, this is, this is what it is. I mean, hell, Birdie's in the bowling alley looking sharp as hell, right? Yeah. I mean, that was just like, that was like the sharpest day <laughs> of all times. I, again, uh, and with what was, confidence, What too, was the you know, costuming like, like to get to just oh. like have someone give you all of these like fantastic suits and outfits to wear? You get to keep any of them? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get to keep any. Um, but that's okay. Keep them for season two, okay? Yeah, so, right. um, yeah. But I had to do costume, like wardrobe fitting. And it took a, such a long time. You know, like in other projects I've been like in, like Reverend Ty was like, check this suit out, check that out. Okay, 45 minutes later, we're good. This was like four, maybe three hours or something. It was just like every outfit, everything was so meticulous from the red suit to the pajamas. You know, it was all just like very like, put that handkerchief there. No, move that. Put these house shoes there. There was so much intention behind Birdie, Birdie's appearance, right? Because Birdie is sharp. Birdie is, creates his own clothing. Birdie takes a lot of pride, you know, and every outfit oozed that. And every day I'd be like, oh, wait, which scene are we shooting? Which outfit? Is that the red suit? I'm like, oh, it's the red suit day. Let's <laughs> yes. go. We get to put the red suit on today. So that was really fun, like putting all those clothes on. I don't dress up. I don't dress up like that, y'all. Black t-shirt, a pair of jeans, always, <laughs> every day. Well, Have on a listen, black t-shirt I- now. <laughs> I'll just say the the wardrobe department in general on that show just Killed like it. just toss the Emmys their way like just Seriously. all of them like they just every character like that's what I'm saying is like every character is just the amount of care and intention and thoughtfulness that totally. like clearly went into so many things about every single character I'm just like uh like we could do, we could do another hour like just on the outfits of everybody in a league of their own Such easy easy <laughs> you all should have them on I mean they would it would uh, be I'm sure listen, a great conversation if you have any of their numbers or like contacts please hit us up because like we for sure would <laughs> Okay, yeah. I'll talk. I'll talk to Tracy for sure. So, yes. Yeah, oh my god, I would love to just talk about like all of the different literally just ways like two hours outfits. of wardrobe. Yeah, Lit- seriously. seriously. Well, seriously. because also I do feel like, I mean, all of them, but like, Birdie's outfits are so gender affirming, oh, as well, yeah. right? Like, but like, not just like it's like affirming of his gender, but then also like so attractive as well, right? right. So it's Birdie like that fine. other that like turned it like up a notch to be like this is a man but this is also an attractive yes man sharp 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 looking right like yeah yeah and and birdie owns it oh he absolutely owns it it's it's like he birdie creates these clothings and walks when i there's so much to walking in birdie's shoes like walking in his life like walking birdie walking when i say that i mean so much it's not just about birdie strolling in a beautiful suit it's like yeah not only does birdie have the audacity to to 
be who he is, but he's also fine and sharp and he carries himself like the courage it takes, mm-hmm. the courage it takes. And that's just all another part of the significance of Birdie, Birdie Hart. I know, so good. <laughs> so listen, I refuse to not talk about season two as a it's a done deal because I will accept no <laughs> of course. I accept nothing else. So I'm just gonna say in season two, whenever that comes out, um, what are your what are your hopes and dreams? What do you want to see for Bert next season? Um, I wanna see um the relationships develop even more. I wanna see uh, you know, Tony and Bertie, like what happened yes. with them. And, you know, because they love each other, you know what I'm saying? So I want to see what what happened and where that relationship can go. Um, and Gracie, you know, Gracie, the love with Gracie. I want to see that continue to grow. And obviously Max, you know. But I also want to see Clance and Birdie. I think that Birdie is such oh, a... Oh, stop. I'll die. Love. <laughs> Seriously, I want to see Birdie holding that baby and just, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like being in Clance's life as well so i'm gonna once, yeah. that's gonna take me out that would yeah. absolutely take me out birdie holding clance's little yes, baby yes i love it and hopefully everyone i'm like if by the time this episode comes out we are putting into the universe we are season two is happening absolutely. so i'm january 2nd 2023 it's already been renewed we're putting yes. into the universe. Let's go. And I want to <laughs> see those other, I want to see like the other stories that are being ter- told too. You know, like the other stories. Lupe, I mean, there are like around race and there's so much history there with all of these stories. I just, I'm excited to see more, you know, of each character, what they, where they came from and what their life is like and was like. And there's just so much there. There's so much there. Yeah, what what we're voting for is like no offense, Gary and Charlie, but like less Gary and Charlie and more of <laughs> less of the beards and more of the who said yeah, that? That what? sounds good. To me. Guy can stay. Guy can stay. He's yeah, a little he cinnamon stay. bun man. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that scene with the draft. Oh my goodness, that scene. Oh, it was so much. Yeah. There was something for everyone in this show. Yeah. Like I was crying. You know, like watching that scene. I texted. Both of them are like, y'all fools. <laughs> I texted, they're like the group, like you all got me in here crying at two in the morning. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like it was just, it was all just so heart tugging. Listen, uh, what we will say is like, you know, they are few and far between the straight couples that we're rooting for on shows like this. So like, yes, that's, that's the testament to Guy and Clance right all there. All right. All right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There are so many scenes though. the bus scene where Max is leaving and Clance. Stop, oh. stop! I can't. I can't Seriously. with the two of them. But but wait, the the comedy around read the room, and she's like, "But we're yeah. outside." Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's all brilliant. It's all it is brilliant. It's so brilliant. It's all brilliant. Yeah. It but really yes, is. we're praying and hoping for season two. It's all the fingers are. Crossed. We're, we're manifesting. We are doing we it. We are. We are. Is it timely? It's time for us to go into our doing gay. I think it's time, unless. Lee, there's anything else that you want to say to our listeners before we dive into our Q and gay? No, just thank you all so much. Thank you. If you've watched it once, watch it again. If you haven't watched it yet, no shame. Just watch it. <laughs> no shame. But if you haven't no watched shame. it by the, time, by the time this comes out, shame. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, let's go. Yes. All right. Let's do it. We're going to go to our Q and gay. Q, 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 and gay. Question number one. What is your A League of Their Own? A, the movie, or B, the series? The series. 
There's no wrong answers. There's but no that's wrong the right answer, answer, but no. <laughs> I almost hesitated. No, the movie is honestly the movie is so great. Like it is that we really had a lot to build on, but the series just like really took it to the, it's another to the next level. level. It's yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. Question two: What position would you want to play out of A pitcher, B catcher, C first baseman, or D outfield? Oh my goodness gracious. What was A again? Pitcher. <laughs> Pitcher. Y'all, I'm going to send you a video, okay, of when we were in LA for the premiere. I took over, um, I think it was the maybe their Twitter page, but I took it over to highlight like this baseball, celebrity baseball game we were doing. Mm-hmm. And there was a time where they put me on third base. I had no idea what I was doing. I was trying to get some coaching. I was like, should I stand on the base? Should I stand? So just a little teaser up. I don't know much about it. So <laughs> again, whatever so A just was, throw I'll the take ball. that. Just throw just the ball. Throw it. Let's see if someone hits it. That's good. All right, you got it. There you go. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Question number three. Who would you want to cut your hair? A Miss Tony, B Birdie, or C Greta? Miss Tony. Yeah. Birdie and Tony need to talk. So sis cut my hair. So Miss Tony for sure. <laughs> that is all the therapy you need. Fair. Just one hair session. Just one. Just a shape up. Just a shape up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Question four. What's your type out of the following options? A, fems, B, butches, C, soft boys, boys with an I, or D, straight girls? Fems. My partner is <laughs> I... fem. Fem. Fierce. Fierce fem. Fierce fem. Nice. Fem. nice. Yeah. But right. hey, you know what? Not at this Everybody's fine. Okay. Everybody's fine. Everybody I was trying to. I was right. trying to get Fem. the like most. You know, like here are the the kind of basic categories that we see in the show. So you know, mm-hmm. question number five: How would you rock a suit? A full suit. B vest and pants only. C suit and high heels. Or D on my partner. <laughs> what does that mean, Lee? That you want it means to just... that they don't wear the suit. You'd rather partner your partner does. wear a suit than yeah. You. Okay. Oh, great. Okay. I want, I want to give people an option like, if they're like, sexual? I don't wear a suit. I was confused. Like, what? Like, this is happen? nasty and amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was the second one? Um, vest, vest and uh, pants. Vest and pants. Yeah. The Max special. Yeah. You know. Yes, the Max special for sure. It's a good look. Incredible. Great answers. Like we said, no wrong answers. Thank you. Thank you. Remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. Lee, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. It has been so lovely talking to you. Thank you. You all are amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Let our listeners know where can they find you if they want to follow you on all of the social medias. All right. So Facebook, you can just, just Lee Robinson, L-E-A Robinson. Um, and on Instagram, though, it's L-E underscore Robinson underscore Instagram. And Twitter is the same. Do you have any other projects coming up that you want to let people know about or anything that you can discuss, I guess? <laughs> um, not really, but just stay tuned. Stay okay. tuned. Stay tuned. And thank you. Stay tuned, everyone. Thank you so much. This was a highlight of my week. Thank you. Me as well. Let me hear you say hip, 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 h
we love hearing from all of you. We love continuing to build this community. And we just like to shout out some of our favorite things every episode. And this week, we need to start with a very special shout out because we got what I think was like the the best Christmas present ever. 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 Which was a a long email that also included like a five-page PDF attachment letter from one of our listeners, Hannah, who found us recently, uh, I'm going to say, past year, right? Yeah. yeah, um, has caught up on the whole show, like the whole podcast, Seriously, including so I think we I think we've set a new record of 11 and a half episodes in a day. So if anyone has topped that, uh, let uh-huh. us know and topped. also possibly <laughs> help. <laughs> but we just what a I don't even know what to say. It was I just, so like, beautiful. Uh, Lee texted me and so was much. like, "Ellie, I hope you're ready to cry." And of course, I was like, "I need to emotionally prepare myself to read this very lengthy email." Even though I had emotionally prepared myself, I was not emotionally prepared. No it one. It pretty much no was, was like everything prepared. we ever want the show to be, right? Like, yes. Hannah reached out and said, you know, she felt like we were her friends. We helped her find queer community or feel more comfortable with herself and with coming out. She's been out for a while, but she said even after listening to us, it felt like she could be more confident in that part of herself. Since listening, she's made some new queer friends. She went to Pride. She has been on a few more dates. Like, it just feels like. It's just been great. It just feels great to know that yeah, the show that we created <laughs> to be your friends in your ears, there are people out there who we are their friends in their ears. And so we want to say thank you to you, Hannah, for listening and also for sending us that email because sometimes, not that we forget, but podcasting is very much most of the time a one-way medium. Mm-hmm. We record these episodes, we put them out there, and we feel like we're getting that back like we we envision that there are people who our show is impacting but unless we hear directly from you we don't necessarily know and so to hear it just is really important to us so thank you for taking the time to send that to us really it really is super it's just it makes us feel really happy that that yeah because that's why we that's why we did this that's why we're here and Mm -hmm. it's just it's great. You're all great. Um, and you're great, Hannah. And we're so glad you found us. And yay, thanks for writing us that email. It's it really something. We also want to shout out Catherine, who reached out to us on Instagram when we re-released our Carol episode last week. And who, A, hadn't heard the Carol episode. So I'm glad someone got to, you know, go, go re-experience also that the- from season one. <laughs> did you Did you listen when I had uploaded it at all? No. I mean, it was so long ago. Like, when I listened to it, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, we even sound different. We sound different. I'll have to go. I I'm like, my voice yet. has I'll dropped and I've become a woman. <laughs> like, I was like, what is happening? But it also just reminded me. I'm like, we were so young and joyful. We still Carefully. are. But it was just funny. Great. Well, Catherine also sent us a Carol fan vid, which just and just nailed it so great thank you Catherine. we um please send us more fan vids if you've made them people because we love it and as always we want to thank our lesbian jesus patrons mark foster tanya ferguson sarah and julia alana rosen lizette stye ad benitez fiona w and our king princess patrons amy and ellen leah henley 
Andrea Doucette. And Julia Gonzalez. Thank you so much for all of your support. We love all of our Patreon supporters, and you really, truly help us make this show. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Let's Hangout Pod. You can email us, like our friend Hannah, at Let's Hangout Pod at gmail.com. You can check out our website at Let's Hangout Pod.com. Whatever app you use for podcasts, make sure you subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. We also have videos going up on our YouTube channel, so make sure that you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to catch those. Les Hangout is an independently produced show hosted by us with audio production by me. Our production assistant is Kristen Murison and Twitter shenanigans and various other odd jobs by Lee Holmes Foster. If you want to help support our little team, the first and freest thing you can do is leave us a rating and a review on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. That way new people can get help finding the show. If you want to support us on Patreon and get all kinds of Patreon-only perks, you can do that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We have ad-free episodes. We have Patreon-only watch parties. We have bonus episodes, including our latest bonus episode on Chasing Amy. We have five bonus episodes up on our Patreon right now. So you've got lots of content if you want to catch, if you're all caught up and you're like, I need more episodes. You can do that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. If you want to get some Les Hangout merch, maybe you got some cold hard cash for Christmas that you're <laughs> looking for some way to spend. You can deck yourselves out in all of our designs. You can find them on our Tee Public. You can get everything on t-shirts and sweatshirts and totes and all sorts of good stuff. You can find it at bit.ly slash lesshop. And remember, we have a queer production company making queer podcast musicals with guaranteed happy endings that you can find everywhere at at dollarbeanprod. You can also check out our website at dollarbeanproductions.com. And you can listen to all of the episodes of our first show, The Flame, on any podcasting app. And if you want to help support us in making more musicals, you can join our Patreon at bit.ly slash dollarbeanpatreon. Or if you want to make a tax-deductible one-time donation, you can do that through our Fractured Atlas page. That link is in our Instagram bio. So you can just click the link in our bio and you will find that link there. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. If you want to follow me, you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out, out.